Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown, 49ers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the No Huddle presented by 49ers Web Zone. Al Sacco and Zay Nakvi here with you once again. And today we're going to welcome in 49ers free safety, Lorenzo Jerome. And also Zane, a big name got cut. Yeah, if people haven't heard, Jeremy Macklin just got cut from the Chiefs. And it's kind of surprising. For some people, they may not be so surprised. His numbers did decline, but uh, he was cut, you know, and I would I would think the 49ers probably are going to give him a call. Yeah, and we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about Macklin and if the Niners are a good fit for him. We're also going to talk about headlines gone wrong. And I think some of you know what I'm referring to with the whole uh, Navarro Bowman getting cut uh, BS that we kind of saw floating around the newswire. But first, let's bring on Lorenzo. I can't wait to talk to him and our guest, Lorenzo Jerome. Our guest today has 49ers fans excited and rightfully so. A former standout free safety at St. Francis University. He was named the Northeast Conference's Defensive Rookie of the Year as a freshman and finished his collegiate career with 18 interceptions, including six last season. He signed with the 49ers as a free agent after the draft. Welcome to the show, Lorenzo Jerome. Lorenzo, how are you? I'm doing great today. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem, man. Just appreciate you giving us the time. I, I mentioned 49ers fans were excited about you, and I meant that. There's a lot of buzz surrounding you right now, and, and whether it was at St. Francis or the Senior Bowl where you forced three turnovers, or most recently at the OTAs, you always seem to be making plays and you always seem to be around the football. Your style of play is actually perfect for the new 49ers defense on the back end. Do you hear that buzz? Do you read about it? Do people tell you about it? Or is it just one of those things where you're just keeping your head down and just trying to do the best you can? I hear about it all the time. But like you said, I keep my head down and just try to push every day. It's a, it's a tough business. I'm in a great position to play the single high safety. The coaches just want me to get the ball back for them, and that's what I'm capable of doing. So I'm going to do my job and try to get the ball back every time I can and every possibility I get. Uh, I just love playing football. How does it come about that you know the 49ers were interested in you? Uh, had you spoken to them prior to the draft, uh, and were they already kind of on, the, on your radar? Yeah, uh, they scouted me out my junior and senior year. Uh, a scout came by both times. He was talking to me, saying we, we run a similar uh, defense. And then uh, during the draft, Coach Half was texting me saying, stay there, stay in there, be patient. He was really trying to get me drafted. But then uh, after that, my agent called me and said, the 49ers are limited on safeties. Uh, what do you think? And I was like, yes, I'm talking to the DB coach right now as we speak. And then we just said, okay. And I signed a three-year deal. And after that, I just came up to Cali, and I'm hoping to perform well for the 49ers. So how did you come to choose the 49ers? Like, were there other options that you had? How, how did you land just on the 49ers? Uh, I had a couple of options. I had the Seahawks, I had Texans, Cincinnati, Eagles. But as I was looking back at it, I was like, I need to go somewhere far away where, I'm out of, where I have no distractions. And I was like, okay, I, I've been to Cali before. I played in the NFL PA game. It was love. It was nice. It was hot. So I was like, okay, let's do Cali. And I sat down with my family, we prayed and talked about it. And then I was like, all right, we're going to San Francisco. And after that, everybody's happy that I'm here. And I think and I, I think the fans love me, so it's a blessing. 
Yeah, the the fans really do. And I want to say, you know, I think in a lot of ways, the NFL Combine is overrated. And sometimes it, it hypes up players that maybe don't deserve it and, and hurts players who, when you put out the tape, they can flat out play, but maybe their Combine numbers weren't up to par per se. Now, again, I don't know how much of this you pay attention to, but Todd McShay had you listed as the best available free agent after the draft. Um, and an AFC scout said that they thought you were easily the most instinctive safety at the senior bowl. Now you ran a four, seven at the combine, but like I said, have consistently made plays at every opportunity you've had. Do you think the combine hurt you at all in terms of the draft? And, and, and do you have any kind of a chip on your shoulder from that? Yeah, the combine definitely hurt me. Uh, it hurt me deep down inside because I ran a four, seven, you know, I really, I'm really not a, a straight laser guy that can just burst out and just run straight. I think football is more about angles and, having no feeling where the ball's at. But, uh, yeah, the combine did hurt me, but at the end of the day, you got to play football. Football's football. That's how I see it. And, Lorenzo, do you really put a lot of stock into uh, what they do at the combine, the drills and those sorts of things? Do you feel like it's a little bit overanalyzed by the media and by, and by, by fans? I feel like certain drills are actually football, like bat pelling and breaking, trying to locate the ball. I believe the DB drills are realistic and compared to football because you have to locate and catch the ball. But the 40, uh, I don't think that's really football. I think you have to have track speed and know how to run for that because it's all about technique. And we only get, i say, two months to prepare for that. So you're transitioning your body to something that you've never done before. So it's extremely hard. So the only thing I said that correlates to football is the DB drills. All these drills that people do, that there are guys that cross over into do, doing other drills, like Solomon Thomas did some of the the linebacker drills, and he was he was with some of the linebackers. And um, it's interesting. And looking at your scouting report, you were actually a quarterback before you moved to free safety at St. Francis. How did QB help you adjust to develop and at free safety? And and did any of those things come into mind when you were at the combine? Yeah, it came into mind because. Uh, I was actually, I was trying to go play an offensive side. I was talking to Tom Shaw when I was training with him in Axe, but he's like, just stick to defensive back. So I was like, okay. But uh, playing QB in high school definitely helped me as a free safety now because I feel like I have a good strategy of where the quarterback wants to go with the ball. And all I know is that I have to read him and go to my zone and go to my landmark. And if I make the play, I make the play. If I don't, I don't. But quarterback actually really helped me. Lorenzo, I know it's early in the process, but what's been the biggest adjustment for you so far in the NFL as compared to college? Uh, definitely learning the scheme and uh, just adjusting to how coaches want you to play because every, it's a new coach, so you have to get used to him. Like in, at, at my college, I was so close to both of my coaches, and now you just got to uh, get used to your new coaches. Like I was, I was – talking with a vet and he said coaches are like teachers you have to get them to trust you so I'm trying to build trust with these coaches and that's probably the hardest thing to do and fans are pretty excited about Robert Sala and the defense that he's bringing here what's been your early impressions of him and the rest of the coaching staff Lorenzo that they want to see a competitive safety they compare compare me to Earl Thomas all the time and I relate my game to Earl Thomas and Reed so I I feel like I have a good shot of learning this defense and playing in a coaching system right now they love me a lot. They say just keep pushing and uh, just keep doing what I do, get the ball back and be a great safety. You you mentioned the scheme was a big adjustment for you. What, what do you do to help adjust to it? Do you just do you have your nose in the playbook? Are you looking at film already? What are what are some things that you do to help adjust to that to the new scheme? <laughs> uh, 
uh, I'm in my playbook 24-7. I'm learning new calls. I'm trying to talk to Jimmy, Jimmy Ward. I appreciate that right now. Vinny, they're helping me out big time. Uh, Rashad Robinson, they just tell me, get in my playbook. You got to practice like a vet. So that's the biggest thing. And ask questions. Coaches love when you ask questions. Some people don't realize that, but people love asking questions. It makes them feel smart as well. So you just got to be a student of the game, and that's what I'm learning how to do. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. And and with regard to actually communicating with people, who are the guys that you kind of communicate with the most on the team? Have you become really close with anybody on the team yet? Uh, I'm really a, a to-myself type of guy. I work hard, but my main guy right now is Shaw Robinson because he's from my area, and we played high school ball together. So that's really my guy to go to right now. We talked to DJ Jones last week, and he was talking about that he just wanted to get out there and really just hit somebody. Do you feel that way? Are you just ready to put the pads on and just get going? I'm ready to put the pads on and fill that alley for coaches because tagging off gets gets boring at times because you really can't show your ability to make the play. So when pads come off, we'll see all what happens. Defense, you have to be physical and fast, and that's what coach wants. So I can't wait for the pass to come on. Now, you're going through OTAs, and, and the fans read a lot about the practices. Can, can you take us through what what's an average day like for you at, at OTAs in, in terms of when you first get into the building and the practices and, and anything else you're doing through the day? Uh, So I wake up at 6.15 every day, catch the shuttle, get to the facility at about 6.50, eat breakfast, the first thing I do is uh, stretch, do my hip mobility, my flex, my flexible stuff, get stretched out by the trainers, hop, hop in the uh, hot tub, cold tub. Then we lift at 8 o'clock. Then we have uh, our skills our skills meetings at 9. Then our special teams meeting at 10. Then uh, at 11, I say 11.30. No, after the special teams meeting, we have OD meeting. And then we have uh, practice. You get ready at practice at 11.30 from, two, from 11.30 to 2 o'clock. That's practice time. Then we go out for rookie development from 2.30 to 3.30. Then we meet with coaches. So we're there from 6.30 to 5.00 to 5. And I stay after to take care of my body again, get stretched out again. So I'm leaving the facility at like 6.30 every day. What is the rookie like, development part of it? Are you kind of separate from the other team and they're doing different things with you guys? Yeah, so the vets leave and it's all the rookies together talking about like health or talking about like importance how to protect the team and uh if you need anybody you got to call mike just a little important details that we should know about the nfl and what we're getting ourselves into so it seems like you don't have a ton of free time on your hands uh does it not at all if you want to be great you never have free time there's always something to get better at absolutely so 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 what you're saying is you haven't really had a chance to get into nba finals fever and check out what's going on in the bay right now with lebron being here uh, not at all, but I've seen the traffic and I'm glad I'm not involved in that. <laughs> it was traffic leaving the stadium the other day. Oh boy. So if you, if you had to pick, uh, who's going to win the finals, obviously the Warriors are up one, nothing at this point, but if you had to pick who's going to win the finals, what's your, what's your pick? Uh, I'm in Cali, so I'm going with the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, you're here in the Bay and, and we're happy, so happy to have you in the Bay and on the show and on the 49ers. Um, San Francisco in the Bay Area has, in general, has a lot going on in terms of things to do. What sites have you kind of been able to see so far? And what's your go-to spot for food right now? Uh, my honest answer is I haven't been out yet since I've been since I've been here. I've been in my playbook and working out. 
I was just at the facility today at uh, around like four o'clock, getting a good lifting and good sweating. So I really haven't had time. I feel like after I settle in and get make the 53-man roster, I'll have time to go out and enjoy myself with my family and friends. But right now, it's all business and focus. I love hearing that. Yeah. As, as a fan of the team, I love what you just said. You are yep. just all about just getting after it. Good, good for you, man. Good for you. Absolutely. So do you hear, you know, as – as the Niners are trying to, you know, just bring competition in and, and you hear about some vets they're trying to bring in, does that motivate you more when you hear that, that they're maybe they're bringing in a veteran free safety to work out or anything like that? Does that, does that just, you know, light a fire under you to, to, to just, you know, hit the playbook even more and hit the weights even harder? Yeah. I mean, it motivates me, but whatever, whatever we got to do to help the team win, that's, that's what, that's what's more important to me. If he comes in, he contribute. And that when he comes in, he has to battle. We're gonna battle, but at the end of the day, he's still my teammate, and we're trying to reach. We're trying to reach the same goal, and that's when the Super Bowl for the 49ers. But hey, it's competition. It's competition. That's what the league's about. So we're gonna go after it. All right, Lorenzo. So we did we did a new segment with DJ last week, and we want to continue it with you. So we know Lorenzo Jerome, the football player, but we want to get to know a little bit about Lorenzo Jerome, the person. So we we ask a few rapid fire questions. Just to kind of see what your interests are, what you like. Does it sound good? Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Okay. So first question, what's your favorite movie or movies? When you turn on the movie and it's on TV, no matter what part it's on, you're going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> we just talked about it. It's probably Get the Green Goat. <laughs> oh, from the, yeah, we were just talking. He was watching on Netflix when I called. That is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. All right. What about, fa- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's, I said it's funny and it has a lot of action. Yeah, it was good. It was one of those movies I, I remember just flipping around on Netflix and I was like, I'll give it a try. And I, yeah, I got totally into it. It's really good. All right. Favorite musical act or favorite artist? Uh, my favorite artist right now is Lucci. Okay. Favorite, a- favorite athlete now or growing up? Favorite athlete now or growing up? I have to say my favorite athlete growing up it was definitely Sean Taylor. Oh, okay. Good, good. Yeah, he was he was a just a great player. Yeah, I miss that guy. Favorite team growing up in any sport? Oh, my favorite team was the New York Giants growing up. Oh, was it really? Down and you grew yeah. up in Florida, you said, right? Yeah, I grew up in Florida, but I was born in Manhattan in the city. Oh, okay. How long did you live in Manhattan for? Until I was four years old, and I moved down due to asthma, so that's why. Are you are you a Yankees fan too? No, I don't. I don't. I don't really associate myself with baseball. I don't like it that much. Oh, you don't really like baseball that much. No. I'm I'm an East Coast guy, so I'm um I, I should have grown up a Giants fan, but I, I ended up with the Niners somehow. So hey, um, that's bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last question: What is your favorite food? My favorite food is my mom was cooking. <laughs> DJ said the same thing last week. He said his mom, I think yeah, he said, he made a uh, macaroni salad, and that was his favorite. Yeah, he did. <laughs> My mom cooks her Cuban food. So steak, platanos, white rice, beans. He throws down in the kitchen. She's going to cook me some when I go home soon, so I'm excited. That's good stuff. All right, Lorenzo, we, like I said, as a fan base, we're very excited to have you here. I, I think everyone is excited about what you can bring to the team, and people are confident that, that you are going to make this 53-man roster. Thank you for your time today, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Okay, Thanks, thank Lorenzo. you very much. All right.
night. Bye-bye. That was great to talk to Lorenzo Jerome. And, and he's, again, another guy that I'm so excited that he's on this team. I think he's going to make the 53. When you turn on the tape with him, he has made plays at every possible opportunity. The Senior Bowl, he forces three turnovers. He was in another collegiate all-star game where he had two more turnover, two more interceptions. He had 18 interceptions throughout his four years in college. The guy can flat out play. And I think the combine really did hurt him. His his 40 time was a 4-7. And that's a shame because the combine, people fall in love with numbers, how far people can jump and how fast somebody can run in a straight line. And Lorenzo brought that up. You know, it's about game speed. Who cares how fast you can run straight? It's about quickness. It's it's about making plays on the ball. It's not about just running in a straight line. It, it's not about how, how many times you could bench 225 pounds. It's not about how far you can jump. It's about how you can play football. And Lorenzo Jerome is a football player, and I'm excited that, that he's going to have a shot to be on the Niners. Yeah, I agree. And he was saying all the right things. He's, he's all business, man. He wants to come in. He wants to compete. He wants to make the roster, and I think he will make the roster. The 49ers are pretty thin at free safety behind Jimmy Ward. And Lorenzo, like you said, he's a, he's a big play maker. So the 49ers defense is lacking those guys. And, and I really think that he's going to make the roster and be a contributor. All right. Now we brought up to the Jeremy Macklin thing earlier. And this to me is just a gift for the 49ers. Just, just put it on a plate and hand it them. They have the money. They have the need. Just go out and sign this guy. And I understand he's going to have other people who are interested, and he's going to he's got to want to come to San Francisco too. But he's 29 years old, so it's it's not like he's going to need a, a seven year deal. You could almost do, do a Pierre Garcon type deal with him, where you could front load the money. And if you look at Macklin, he's a guy in 2014 with the Eagles. He had 85 catches, 1318 yards, and 10 touchdowns. That's a fantastic year. 2015, he he went over to the Kansas City Chiefs as a free agent. 87 catches, 1,088 yards, and eight touchdowns. If you put up those numbers with Alex Smith, I mean, you should go to the Hall of Fame as a wide receiver, right? I mean, Alex Smith isn't the type of guy who's going to make receivers necessarily look good. And he did that in 2015. Now, last year, he gets injured. He only played 12 games, and he had a down year. 44 catches, 536 yards, and two touchdowns. So he ends up getting cut by Kansas City. And I read at the OTAs, he, was, he, he looked good. They said he looked spry. He looked fast. And they let him go. Now, the Niners definitely have a need at receiver. Garcon is locked in. Obviously, we know that. Curley is a solid guy in the slot. And then they're bringing along Trent Taylor. Beyond that, Goodwin and Eldrick Robinson, they're unproven guys. They're kind of guys that you're hoping can come in and can play a role for Shanahan. But they're not even on the same level as Macklin. Jeremy Macklin averages 913 yards per year per season. Goodwin has 780 yards in his career and Robinson has 931 yards in his career. So Macklin pretty much outproduces them on a yearly basis from what they've done in, in, in their whole careers. So Zane, if you're the Niners, you're on the phone with this guy right away, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm on the phone with him today. John Lynch should have him on speed dial pretty much. I think that Jeremy Macklin would be a huge upgrade over what the 49ers have now. They addressed the position in the offseason and they brought in a bunch of guys that you just mentioned. But Jeremy Macklin is a proven starter in this league. He's he's had thousand yard seasons. He had a down year last year, but again, as you mentioned, Alex Smith. How much was he a part of that? And Alex Smith is historically not thrown really well to his receivers. He throws to his running backs. He throws to his tight ends. So I'm not really looking too much into Jeremy Macklin's down numbers. In fact, the fact that he was able to get a thousand yards with Alex Smith is 
is a huge accomplishment in itself. I, I think that's only happened once with Crabtree. He did it. And uh, even then, I, half of that season was with Kaepernick. So it was it was kind of a shock to me because I really thought that they wouldn't give up on him so soon. But I, I really think that he's going to have a lot of suitors and the 49ers may have to have to pay a little bit for him. But the good news is that they they have that cap room to be able to do that. So I, I look I think they're going to at least kick the tires on him. And probably the weakest part of the 49ers team right now is still the skill positions is the receivers and the tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you have Garcon, Macklin and Curly, that's a pretty good one, two, three punch, right? Yeah. I think that's a pretty formidable starting lineup. You got three guys that have started in this league and we, how often have we been able to say that the top three wide receivers that the 49ers have had have had at least 600 to 900 yard seasons we haven't had that since bolden crabtree and tory smith um were were on the team so and i I really think that like you said the skill positions are in are need of an upgrade and john lynch promotes competition and that's kind of been the theme of his gm tenure so far is promoting competition so I, i really look to him to bring in the best possible competition i really think that jeremy macklin is going to be getting a call pretty soon from the 49ers and I'm interested to see how long it, it takes to play out. And so far, the Niners have done a lot of things that make sense, and, and this makes sense. If they don't do it, if they don't kick the tires, if if they're not going after him for whatever reason, I, I would really want to know why. Because to me, it, it just makes so much sense, and they have the money, and they have the need. So we'll have to see how it all plays out over the next few few weeks or a few days, however however long it takes for him to get situated and start having visits and things like that. But but this is one of those things where we have the new regime in place and we I, I want to see how they're going to handle it. So one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was I'm sure you saw it kind of floating on Twitter and on the newswire was that all right. So for maybe those who don't know about it, basically what happened is a, a writer, um, a 49ers beat writer, wrote a piece, an opinion piece that he thought Navarro Bowman looked slow at OTAs and he thought the team should cut him. So he put in the article a few things about the salary cap and, and his contract and that sort of thing. And, and what happened was some outlets picked this up and I saw SI now does this. And I think it was maybe Roto Wire or Roto World or whatever the hell it is. They pick up this article and for basically clickbait is they put in their, uh, Instead of saying someone's opinion, they put in the the title. Basically, 49ers are thinking about cutting Navarro Bowman. Is that's basically what what the title says, which is total BS. It's total clickbait, but it it puts people in a tizzy. And what it does is, you know, the player is going to see this. The front office has to go to him and say, you know, you know, we're not trying to do that based on what was someone's opinion. And I don't agree with that opinion. It makes no sense to me to cut him right now. And, and I'll give you the reasons. One, even if you thought he was done and Reuben Foster is going to replace him. Reuben Foster's hurt, you know, and it's after June 1st. So, so it's not like you would save all that money anyway. And it's, it's not like Foster's ready to go in there and, and just take over for him. That's not the case. And Bowman isn't done by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. He's working his back, his way back from a second major injury, but they're at OTAs. There's a long way to go. There's a long way to go for him to get in shape and, and, and get back into game speed and in game shape. And I know, is is he going to make the whole contract, his whole contract? No, he's not going to play till 2022. I mean, the odds on that are are, are slim, but he's probably still going to be, is he going to be an environment of 2012? Probably not. 
but is he still going to be a good linebacker for the next two or three years? Yeah. And and to cut somebody like that, when you have all the money, the 49ers do would make no sense to me. And it was a shame that it played out that way. Yeah. And I, I really didn't, first of all, the take I think was terrible. I mean, I, I, I I didn't really agree with, with the take. It was kind of, kind of random and kind of unnecessary. I, I, there's, there's really no reason to cut Navarro Bowman at this point. There's, I don't even know why we're discussing this. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous to me that, the 49ers would that they would even put out there that they would uh that somebody would put out the 49ers are going to cut Navarro Bowman I mean the idea in itself is is ludicrous because you're looking at a team that's in need of veteran leadership you you're looking at a team that's in need of of role models and and guys who can kind of bridge the gap in this rebuild to the next set of of players and the next teams in the future and Navarro Bowman is a perfect guy for that we talk about Brian Hoyer being a bridge to the next quarterback well Navarro Bowman is a bridge for this team he is the most recognizable face on this team he's the most recognizable player in the front on this franchise in the franchise and to get rid of that type of player I mean it's you you can't find those guys every single day like he's not an error. Everybody's an irreplaceable part to some extent, but he's not one of those guys that you can easily replace. So to, first of all, it's, it's incredibly irresponsible of Roto world to, to retweet that and, and kind of give legs to that story because it was literally just speculation. Um, so I'm going to say that, but on the flip side of it, there's no rationale for it. So uh, a reputable source like Roto world should, should know the fact that the facts before they really put this out there. So I just think it was like irresponsible journalism on their part to, to even put it out there and let it get legs. Yeah. And I guess it's June and I guess certain websites need to get clicks, right? <laughs> they need to get yeah. traffic. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it was a shame that it played out that way. And, it, and it's a shame, you know, I was out last night and, and when I checked my Twitter feed, all the questions to me were about Jeremy Macklin, which is great. I love talking about that stuff. And then I had a few that were like, are the Niners really going to cut Bowman? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, where, I didn't hear anything. where did that come from? You know, like I'm, I'm unplugged for a few hours and all of a sudden they're, they're going to cut. Never. No, no, it, it's just ridiculous. And, and sites run with things. And, you know, I, it's, it's the whole like ESPN slash TMZ, like style of reporting. I just hate it. I just hate it. Everybody has to be first and everybody's got to have the story and everything's got to be drama. Just sports, man. You know, bring me back to like, I don't know, 1994 with like Dan Patrick Sports Center. You know, just give me the sports. I'm tired of this sensationalized uh, TMZ drama sports stuff. It's it's just old to yeah. me. Yeah. 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 And it's it's interesting that, yeah, right. Navarro Bowman is, Navarro Bowman is going to be cut before Vance McDonald. Like, really? Yeah, in June. <laughs> After OTA, after OTAs, these after guys aren't OTA. even in football shape yet. Not even football shape yet. You're yeah. gonna say from OTAs, yeah, from one OTA session. Oh, Navarro Bowman's done. He's he's no good. Got to cut him. And to think again, even you know, in 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 Bowman, it gives 100. percent I'm not saying he doesn't, but in OTAs, a vet like that coming off an injury, what do you think he he he's he's gonna hurt himself again? You know, he's getting yeah. himself in shape right now. He's not out trying to earn a roster position. He's literally getting himself in shape and learning the system. And and he's he's not out there trying to prove himself. We know what he can do. He knows what he can do. We need him healthy when the season starts. We don't need him showing up Garrett Selleck in an OTA in May. It's utterly, it's just utterly ridiculous. But again, it's the end of May, early June, and people want to have things to write about. So this is what we have. I'm just glad that, at the web zone 
we don't have to do things like that. We don't have to try to sensationalize things and, and try to try to get, you know, reaction out of people. It's it's just I don't know. It kind of fires me up. And yeah, I'm not I'm not blaming the writer. He wrote his opinion. If that's his opinion, that's that's fine. That's fine. Write your opinion. We do the same thing. It's the sites that pick it up and twist it and, and try to get clicks out of it is 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 who I'm blaming. Yeah, there's there's definitely no fake news at 49ers Web Zone. I can definitely verify that myself. So uh, we won't be putting any, anything like that out there. We have absolutely quick... not. No fake news from us. None. Nothing. None. So we we have we have really good sources. We have really good contributors. So um, none of that will come from our side. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, it was fun. It was fun to have Lorenzo Jerome on today and um, thank him again for his time. And we'll see what the Niners do with Jeremy Macklin. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Navarro Bowman's going to be on the team um, come September. So nobody has to worry about that. So, um, all right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, had a lot of fun. Another edition of the No Huddle podcast presented by 49ers Web Zone. For Zane Nockby, this is Al Sacco. Thank you very much. Peace.